You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your Houston Texans. And as always, you can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Hey, by the way, guys, it's Friday, which means please do not forget. The Houston Texans play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday. Not Sunday, Saturday. I guess it's because of the Christmas holiday. I don't know. But they play Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay on Saturday. And this is the preview show. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Guys, I'm glad Cody brought it up because even I forgot. Set your timers. Set your alarm for Saturday. The game starts at noon tomorrow. So, and... you don't want to miss this game because I really think this is going to be an interesting game. Fun, back and forth, explosive. If you guys caught the crossover Wednesday show that we did, I have a high score because Jameis is hot right now. I don't see him cooling off against the number 28 ranked defense. A lot of people have been getting on me. Why are you not picking the home? Getting down? on you. Oh, yeah. Getting well, on you. Well, I'm going to address that later. <laughs> Cody got it the worst, but why aren't you picking the hometown and this and that, the whole third? But I can't wait to talk about the game, there's some key factors going into tomorrow's game. Injury report, the official injury report dropped. The Texans will be without a couple of players. And just a couple of facts. Also, we're going to end out the show with some Twitter talk. You know, Twitter talk is always fun. And just what the Texans have to do tomorrow in order to win this game. I think it will be a tough matchup. But nonetheless, it's a very winnable game. You just don't know which team you're going to get on both sides because there's always an up and down factor with both of these guys. Neither one have been consistent. The Texans just so happen to be able to play in the AFC in an easier division, so to speak. You know, the Bucks in a division with the Panthers. The I wouldn't Falcons, necessarily say that's an easier division than us because well, the, the AFC know, actually had more competition all the way up until, what, last week? The yeah. NFC is just whoever. Well, the NFC is tough all the way around. It's tough, but not this year. If I they, mean, basically, it was just the Saints running with it. You know what happened in Carolina. Atlanta, they haven't been right since the Super Bowl that they lost. In Tampa Bay, they haven't been relevant since, what, 2009, 2010? It's been a long time. Well, when I mean the NFC, I mean the entire NFC. The NFC as a whole has been Oh, very, I thought you were just talking about the yeah, NFC, I'm, NFC my South. My apologies. I should have clarified that. But the NFC as a whole has been competitive out of this world the saints the 49ers you know a wild card team the vikings the packers are still good you know uh those guys are all ready for the playoffs i still have the saints making it to the super bowl it's something about drew Brees. hey by the way referees i meant to bring this up later on or early in the week how could you take away what could have been before half drew Brees' third Touchdown would have made him at the time we ended up getting it later on in the game after the uh, after the half would have made him the top quarterback t- uh, passing touchdowns of all time over an offensive PI that was clearly not there. The referees have been terrible this year. The Texans have a lot to say about that too, as JJ Watt still uh, needs to be called for a couple holding calls that he did not get early on in the season, and some of these false start penalties that Larry Tunsil has been getting. I do feel like he's been targeted. Nonetheless, injury report for Saturday's game. 
the final injury report came out yesterday. Who is and who's not going to be playing. And I mentioned it on the Google update. If you guys don't know what the Google updates are, you definitely want to make sure you get Google Assistant to get all of your Texans news. One minute, five minute updates. Locked On Podcast is really taking over the game right now with podcasts and networks. It just as a whole. Partnering with Google has been tremendous. You would definitely want to get that. But I mentioned that how the Texans may be without Bernardrick McKinney, linebacker Bernardrick McKinney, and the top pass rusher in the last three to four weeks, Jacob Martin, who has three and a half sacks in the last four weeks. Well, they have been declared officially out. Jalil Adai is expected to get some linebacker time as the Texans have to bank on other guys. Merciless, who's a Pro Bowl alternate, he's going to have to show up. The Texans have been terrible with the pass rush this year, especially since losing J.J. Watt. Merciless has cooled off a lot compared to the other side of the ball with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and the front seven of the Buccaneers. Now, going back to the Texans, they have to find guys everywhere. Charles Omeenhu, the rookie, Brian Scarlett, DJ Reader is going to be called upon to get some pressure, and Jalila Dye is a safety who can do a lot of things on the NFL field, right? Wherever you need him, he can play that. Will this hinder the Texans' defense against the Buccaneers? Of course it will. Of course it will. We, we know that. This Texans' defense has been, like I said, not, have not been able to get after the quarterback consistently. And I will say this, and we all get on the coverage of the secondary for the Houston Texans, but it's only so much you can do when the quarterback, the opposing quarterback has five to six seconds to hold the ball and figure out what he wants to do. Now, Saturday's game against Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is still one of the most prolific passers in this NFL. Don't get the 24 interceptions mixed up. He still has 30 touchdowns. He still leads the league in passing yards. It will be a difficult day come Saturday for that Texans defense. Without Martin, who has been phenomenal in the last four weeks, forced fumbles, three and a half sacks, getting to the quarterback, causing pressures, allowing the rest of the front four for the Texans to get some love, which hasn't still been a lot of love. Let's, let's get that straight. It hasn't been that much love. He's been phenomenal in his role in the last four weeks. Scarlett will be called upon to get some burn. He's going to be expected to play big. I just don't know who or where the Texans can find sacks. And with Bernardrick McKinney, who's had a very decent season, he's in concussion protocol, 54 tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. Not eye-popping numbers, but he's familiar with this defense. Him and Cunningham has been working together very much so pretty good this year. It will cause a disruption on that defense without having both of those guys on a defense that has been struggling for the entire year, for the most part. Those last-minute rule-outs will hurt a Texans defense that has been subpar, to say the least, which is why I believe this game will be an explosive offensive game. If you're looking for last-minute fun sports gifts for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com backslash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around team's passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com backslash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Johnson, Sport Guy Hickman, Cody Davis. I, I, I need to make a statement, John. I'm going to step away from the mic. I caught a lot of heat on social media because when we did our crossover show, I mentioned how good the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense are. And we can all agree with that. And I 
am aware that most of their defensive performances, most of their top defensive performances, and the reason why they are top 15 is because of their rush defense. I understand that. But I made a statement by saying that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has a pretty good secondary. I've said it, and I take ownership because I believe that some people, matter of fact, everyone, probably misunderstood what I said. And if I said it in a way that, you know, made people think I was talking about the entire season, I, I, I take responsibility for that. I think it was more so on the Vernon Hargrave discussion that we were having at the time mm-hmm. that led to uh, you making your point. Because mm-hmm. in actuality, well... Yeah, because when I did my notes, my my crossover show notes, I was looking at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, and the first thing I always do... I'm not going to lie. I tend to favor secondary more because that's my favorite side of the ball. I was aware that the Buccaneers did not have that good of a secondary to start out the season. But the last four games, they've been pretty average. The last four games since Tampa Bay been on this four-game winning streak, by the way, they only average. They only gave up an average of 247 receiving yards. Now, I know that's not, oh, my God, this is the one of the best secondaries in the league. But the last four games. They have played much, much better. Probably more so than our own secondary. But to make the comparison, the first 10 games of the season, they gave up an average of 313 receiving yards. They gave up over 300 receiving yards six times. The most receiving yards they gave up this year was 517, and that was against a win against the Los Angeles Rams, 55-40. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone has bad days. Now, maybe I led people to the wrong conclusion. I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to fix up my sentences or something. I don't know. But guys, everyone has bad days. (laughs) I was looking at the last four games of the season, and and, and it's it's relevant because they've been on this four-game winning streak, and... I don't, I don't even know if I want to say a huge portion, but a, a solid portion of this winning streak has been the improvements of the secondary. That's what I was talking about. Not the whole entire season. And anytime you go from averaging 313 in the first 10 games to 247, that needs to be that, – that, that deserves some kind of credit more than anything. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I take full responsibility in this. I just wanted to clear up that I was talking about the last four games, not the entire season. If if that secondary show out against the Texans on Saturday, John, don't wish that, Please, John. Not, I don't want to wish it, but I'm just saying. Let's not wish that, man. Let's not wish that. But well, you know, with the Saturday games, there's a couple of facts for the Texans on Saturday games, and I'm happy that he got his talk out. But at the end of the day, man, just shout out to everyone who's listening to the show because if you're listening to the show that that much, that means hey, you know, you're supporting us. And please continue talking mess. Please. We love it. Now, back to Texans on Saturday games. They are 5-4 and four in Saturday games, including the playoffs, with a 2-1 and one record in December. They have a winning record in December on Saturday games, uh, while the Buccaneers are 6-17 and 17 in Saturday games, including the playoffs, with a 3-11 and 11 record in December. The Texans are 34 and 45 in December with a 15 to 28 record on the road. They will be on the road come Saturday. The Buccaneers are 66 and 108 in December, including the playoffs with a 43-49 record on the road. Guys, when you when you think about December, January, November, December, January, even October, 
and dominant teams. You know what teams come to mind? The Patriots, the Packers, those up north teams. The southern teams typically struggle in those games when it gets cold out. The Texans have a, a winning record right now in those Saturday games, including the playoffs. So that favors them number-wise, I guess, if you want to look at them like that. However, you still don't know which team you're going to get historically, and not even just historically, the entire season. Each team, going into Saturday's game, they alternate weeks. Every two weeks, they want to do good. Every two weeks, they want to do bad. However, the Buccaneers are hot right now. Going into somewhat of a colder game, it's going to be expected to be 77, but very cloudy in Tampa Bay. Of course, so we know that the winds are going to be a little bit different. There's going to be some type of chill. The Texans do have a strong possibility to win this game against Tampa and their revamped secondary. <laughs> I don't want to say revamped secondary. Let's say much improved secondary. Because even if we say revamp, I'm still going to get killed for it. But anyways, I don't... <laughs> I don't really care too much about those numbers in December because when you look at the Buccaneers over the last, what? When you look at the Buccaneers over the last six six years, this is the first time they've actually been relevant this late in the season. The last time that they actually probably had something to play for was in 2016 when they went 9-7. and seven. Other than that, they was 5-11, 6-10, 2-14, 4-12, 7-9. So, I mean, hell, at this point, the tanking teams are – the the least competitive teams, I mean, they just waiting for that one, two, three Cancun situation, <laughs> you know, but I, I so I don't want to look at the, those records too much. And the same thing in a way kind of can be said about the Houston Texans in a way. I mean, I know we haven't been that bad as the Buccaneers, but it actually been over the last, what, few seasons that we actually just been relevant this late into the season. Um, You know, of course I'm talking about when we, we, of course, I'm talking about when the Texans were in the playoff hunt or, you know, they was like they are right now jockeying for a playoff position. And so, yeah, and this game is still important for the Texans Saturday. They want to win this game so they can solidify their spot as the AFC South Division champs and not have to worry about the one, two, three Cancun. Maybe for Texans, I don't know, would it be South Beach? Would it be? Mm, would it, one, would two, three Galveston? That definitely is. <laughs> it definitely. One, two, three Galveston. Nobody, nobody's one. <laughs> Two, three, got nobody's doing that. But you got that's what a cruise is. Nobody's doing that. Carnival know. cruise. Yeah, they, they leave out of Galveston. You still got to go to Galveston. I'm going on a cruise next year, you get some of the best sleep in your life. Oh man, on cruises, and maybe they use Casper. I'm not sure. Casper is the original mattress that combines multiple supportive memory foam for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash locked on NFL and using locked on NFL or locked on NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all of the offers from locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com backslash offers. Before we get out of here today, a couple of things that I would like to talk about and why a sixth grader, a sixth grader, is still confused about what the hell happened to the defense of this Houston Texans and offense a few weeks ago. Can't wait to talk about that. Well, guys, you know, tomorrow is – welcome back, of course. Some sports guy here with you. Tomorrow is noon game for the Texans against the Bucks in Tampa, which, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but they have to win this game. They do not want to allow the Titans – to steal their joy. I know it's been an up and down season, whatever you would like to say, but 
They have to win this game. They have to. I said that whoever won the first matchup of the Texas Titans will go on to win the division. It wouldn't be close. Wouldn't be no competition if the Texans take care of business tomorrow. So that's a priority for this Houston Texans team. Now, some of you may know if you're listening or not, whatever. Caught on, catch on, however you want to look at it. But I do work at a middle school. And yesterday was early dismissal, which means we had odd, even classes, I'm sorry, which means we had our advisory, we had second period, fourth period, and sixth period. Now, my fourth and sixth period classes are my favorite classes because they're sixth graders. In my sixth period class, the argument started like this. Dude, the Texans suck. The Cowboys are better. I paused, I looked around, I'm like, they're sixth graders. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to kill their joy. They're still just wrapped up in their team fandom. And then one of my guys, he goes, why y'all lose to the Broncos? And as I'm walking out of class early because early dismissals was about to start and I was going to beat the traffic of kids running around, this is what I hear from my guy Aiden, who's on a laptop, by the way, minding his business, not even close to the conversation. How do we beat the Patriots but lose to the Broncos? What's wrong with us? I looked at Aiden. I gave him a pat on the shoulder, and I said, I don't know, and walked out. Everybody knows how bad that Broncos loss was. Even even sixth graders know how bad that Broncos loss was. Um, And I just want to say, like, this can't happen again tomorrow. That's why I want to open it up. You beat the Patriots. You beat the Chiefs. You put up 53 against the Falcons. Who has one of the worst defenses in the league? Saturday's game needs to be solidified as a dub because there's a possibility the Titans can beat the Saints. Will it happen? I'm not going to say yes or nay. Yeah, yeah, nay on that. But it's a possibility. No matter what, if you lose, the Titans lose, it can still come down to Saturday's game. So it's very important to close out tomorrow. J.J. Watt hinted at a return on Twitter, tweeting, I'm not done yet, though, with the side eyes. When Anytime athletes tweet the side eyes, you just never really know. Sometimes it can be a move that's about to happen today, tomorrow, a couple months from now. But I've been going back and forth for a lot of people just thinking to myself, the move to bring J.J. Watt back just doesn't do anything for the Texans. It really don't. I don't think it puts them over the top. I don't think it makes them a contender in the playoffs. It doesn't. And at the end of the day, he doesn't help or improve their chances of making the Super Bowl or in the opposite way, not making the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just having J.J. Watt back out there on the field, which could potentially be one game, possibly two, however the playoff seeding will end up, you're putting him in a situation where he might risk re-injuring that same injury or even worse. Yeah, having him out there and not having him out there is just a catch-22 for me. I don't see it putting you over the top to get to the Super Bowl. I don't see it hurting you. I think he needs to stay on the sideline to get fully rest up for next year because I've said this multiple times. I don't want J.J. Watt to go out like a charity case. So, and I could be wrong. If J.J. comes back, he can, he may do a lot for that defense. He may get merciless back in the rhythm. 
may be able to help out Martin, who's been phenomenal in the last four weeks. We can definitely be wrong. I just don't think I am. I am John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's. I think this game comes down to 38-34 Houston Texans. Explosive, offensive, points, 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 points. It will come down to the quarterback play, I believe so. And it may come down to which secondary <laughs> plays better. <laughs> Uh, I believe I said my score was 21-17, and if I did, that's what I'm going to stick by. Um, I believe the Houston Texans will come out on top. Um, I just hope they come out on top with the secondary, with the Tampa Bay secondary racking up about four five interceptions. I don't know how that play out to a Texans win. I, don't know. <laughs> I just want to talk my stuff, that's all. But but real talk, Cody Davis, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Um, follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm changing my Twitter name to... 313 and they lied. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but by the way, Breaking Bad update for those of you who care. Scholar White is still an unstable creature. Who you know just what? Cheated. Stop talking about Breaking she Bad. Just you, we cheated. have listeners that hasn't caught up to the show and you're fault. and you're just you just wasting it for them. Season Stop three, sending Scholar spoilers. White cheats because her wife didn't want to be a her husband didn't want to be a charity case. Breaking fan. Breaking Bad fans, let me be your favorite host on this. One, I need the love right now. And two, he's he's spoiling it for you. He he really is. I hate Scarlett White. I really do. She's a selfish. Nah. Until next time, enjoy your Friday. Peace.